Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Goddess Glow podcast with me, Ray Grillo. I am super excited today because I have my really good friend, Katie Drasnan, with me, and she is a fear and courage expert. And so me and Katie met through uh, Psy Seminars, which is a personal development, um, just like a personal development course, like series of courses, like a community. Yeah. I want to say more like a community. Yeah. Um, we do play like big parts in that. We do a lot of volunteer work together. And um, yeah, I just love Katie. So. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to have Katie today talk about her journey and what she does as a fear and courage expert because she goes around and you typically help... Um, would you say women more so, or yes. that's usually you tend to you you attract? Is that- I attract more women, cl- female clients than male clients. However, I am open to both, mm-hmm. but primarily women. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you just like help women like become boss bitches as well. Yes, I do. <laughs> or yes. boss babes. You boss babes. Boss you babes. Like that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I just, uh, I appreciate Katie so much because she's an inspiration for me and she's so heartfelt and, um, yeah, I want to get more into your, I know you have a event coming up on February 12th. Correct. And what is this event for? So this event is called Activate Your Confidence Within and I have partnered with actually my mom, she's a career and life coach. And so we partnered together to create this amazing event where you learn how to create more confidence in your life through better communication tools, learning how to turn your fears into your superpowers, creating more trust within yourself and learning how to set and achieve goals like some of the most successful people in the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that uh, event, how much does it cost? It is $199, and it's in Las Vegas in person. In person. Is there a um, like a Zoom online thing, or is it just going to be in it person? It is just going to be in person. Okay. Maybe in the future there'll be a Zoom version. We're still trying to – it's experiential, similar to oh, like okay. PSI. Yeah. It's experiential. There's exercises that we do, and so – translating them to online, we're still figuring out what that looks like. So for now it's in person and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. We've done it a couple of times. So all the kinks are worked out and it's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I love your mom too. Um, I did a psychic session with your mom Mm -hmm. and she just had such a great energy. Also that boss babe, like she had it going on, like not going to lie. She had it going on. She's pretty awesome. (laughs) And I'm really lucky that we get to work together and partner and create some really cool things together Mm -hmm. in like our business and just in life. Yeah. So uh, now transitioning a little bit more into just like you and getting to know you. Yeah. Um, I uh, usually like to start off with like gratitude and stuff like what you're grateful for. And however, instead of like what you're grateful for right now, I sort of want to 
dive in and see like what do you have a gratitude practice and if so like what do you practice I do have a gratitude practice I have a gratitude journal that I keep I've been keeping it for I'd say I started a gratitude practice in college but I wasn't consistent with it however for the last probably 2016. We're in 2022. So the last six years, I've been really consistent with it. And so every morning I write down at least three things that I'm really grateful for. Typically I set a timer for two minutes and then just write. However, if I'm in a hurry, then it's minimum of three things that I'm grateful for. And then I do the same thing before I go to bed. Okay. And, um, Staying on like daily rituals and daily practices, uh, a lot of my uh, listeners, they, you know, they're on their own like journey and they're looking to have that, you know, that purposeful life and things that are fulfilling and um, they want to be their own bosses and they want to travel around and you've done a ton of traveling. <laughs> um, Just a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she has been to a lot of places. Like you can see, I'll have to like show you guys her map um, <laughs> over 30 countries and many states yeah 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 so um you know like that's what that's what it's about is like that freedom to do like what you want to do maybe not so much travel I mean who doesn't want to travel though right. yeah everyone I think everyone sort of enjoys mm-hmm. traveling like in their own way yeah and for different reasons yeah. for sure mm-hmm. um however like what like sort of like daily routines you implement as an entrepreneur and like as an expert in your field, uh, that you're able to do the things that you want to do and you have the freedom to like do Toastmasters when you want to, or like hang out with friends and whatnot. So for me, a big part of like creation in my business and in my life in general is visualization. And I do that through meditation, just creating and visualizing what I want because the mind thinks in pictures. And I also, I typically, I haven't done it yet this year. Typically I have a vision board that I do at the beginning of the year and I don't, I do it a little differently. I don't put things that I want. Like I know people who have like cars and houses and like pictures of couples and things that they're trying they they want to attract in their life. I do it with pictures and words that remind me of who I get to be mm-hmm. in order to have the things that I want in my life. Because it all starts with beingness. Yeah. And not the doing or the having. Mm-hmm. I think we live in a world where we get caught up in the when I have this I can be this and do this. Yeah. And it's really reversed. It's when I'm being this, I will attract and manifest these things in my life so that I will be able to do all of these other things and have whatever I want in my life. And so my vision boards remind me of who I get to be in my life so that I can have and do the things that I want to be doing. Travel, helping other people, creating a business, maybe one day 
having an airplane or a schoolie or (laughs) (laughs) different modes of travel. Mm -hmm. However, I don't have the airplane or the schoolie on my vision board. It's more about things that remind me or people that remind me of who I get to be to, to manifest those things in my life. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, um, it's really that be, do, have. It's like being the identity of like what you are seeking and mm-hmm. just like being it already. And then it's like you're not even seeking it anymore because you're already being it. Right. And so that's like a hard, some. it's a hard concept to grasp sometimes. Absolutely. Especially when you're not doing the work. Mm-hmm. For <laughs> sure. Doing the work, yeah. And so that is like, I love the way that you did I haven't even done my vision board either, so maybe that's something we should all yes, get together and do. Because <laughs> I have one in my planner, and I just like look at it. Like I have my pictures up on my bathroom, mm-hmm. you know, and those are my picture ones. However, I've never done like a vision board. Yeah. In that way, however, I love the beingness, and that just reminded me. I'm like, oh, like in <laughs> in my field, mm-hmm. or just like where I'm at right now. I'm like, oh wow, I've been doing a lot of doing versus being we're and so human that's a, beings right? yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we are human beings uh, and this is why also it's like so great to have a support system around you mm-hmm. um of people who practice the same things to remind each other absolutely like of what to do um and like how to be mm-hmm. yeah and yes. so um i really enjoy our community and i want to uh, know a little bit more about the community that you've created. Yeah. So my community is created of a very like-minded people. Mm -hmm. I I say that I strategically place people in my life for different reasons. And I haven't always been the best at leaning on them when I need support. However, I chose people in my life for like very specific reasons. And I know that I attracted them in my life for very specific reasons. And they're all people who are willing to be in the work and do the work and continually grow and expand and look at who they're being in the world versus what they're doing in the world. Mm -hmm. And For me, that's really important because that's, I want to be surrounded by people who are being these amazing things rather than doing things to make a million dollars. Because at the end of the day, you can be a millionaire or a billionaire or trillionaire and feel empty inside. Yeah, that's very true. And we've met a a few people like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, especially with the volunteer work that we do. Um, so I want to talk about, th- like, transitioning into with you talking, us talking about beingness is, like, what do you, what have you noticed with your clients when um, they're being fearful? And so, like, what are, like, the sort of, like, key points that you can see, like, oh, this person right now? Is like just being, they're stuck in their fear. Mm -hmm. They're not using their fear to push forward versus, so what does that look like typically? So it depends on who the client is and what the fear is and what, what they're being held back, that fear is holding them back from. So if I have a client who is a business owner 
and all of their decisions are being made out of fear, it manifests in no revenue generating or no new clients because they're not taking chances and taking risks and stepping outside of their comfort zone to create new connections or to ask for support, whatever it may look like. Or if it's a client who is afraid of getting hurt in relationships, it can manifest in a lack of relationship or it can manifest in self-sabotage in relationships or attracting the same person or the same type of person over and over again when you know that's not the right relationship or the right person to be in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on who you are and how your fear manifests. Fear is an interesting thing because you and I could have the same fear. Let's we could hypothetically say that we both have the same fear of failure. Mm -hmm. However, because of our experience in our life, the way that fear of failure manifests could be very different. Mine could manifest as Mm self-sabotage and yours could manifest as My brain is like not coming up with another manifestation of that. However, it could manifest some way, some way differently than self-sabotage. It could be that you are... I mean, overproducing, overworking. Overproducing. I was also going to say um, shiny object syndrome. Yeah. Where it's like, this is what I know my goal is, but I'm afraid to fail. So I'm going to go look at this other shiny thing and do this other project. So you don't even start working on that project or completing this project in front of you and you end up creating failure anyways, because you didn't even attempt. I was going to say a different word. Attempt. Procrastination. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, right now, uh, Katie's in this program <laughs> where you're not able to say, uh, usually like I omit these two cause I did it last year. However, the words, but can't and try. Um, and so also if you want to add to this, you know, to this, uh, cause language is so important. The mm-hmm. way like that we speak, it's like literally like you spellbound yourself. It's just, just your sub- the way yes. that your subconscious mind works. And so these words omit those ones. And then also if, um, is one that I work on. And instead of saying like, if, or if I am like intentionally want to make a point, I'll be like, if, if, if like three <laughs> times and, um, Instead of if, I'll say when. Like, yes. you know, when you're, like, manifesting, like, truly what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also say, instead of saying I have to do something, I say I get to do something. Because mm-hmm. in reality, we don't have to do anything. There's consequences if you don't do something. However, when, like, your mind your mind can play tricks on you or your mind is really powerful. So when you say I get to do that, it becomes this thing that isn't daunting or something that you are dreading to do because you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And then that goes, I think that goes too. And then like the tasky, 
that's so I find myself a lot in like, oh, like I have to do this, I have to do mm-hmm. that. <laughs> and yeah. that like is like task mode versus uh-huh. just being again, <laughs> like just like I think that's just a good indication. Like what I know I'm saying, like in my brain, like, oh, I have to do this and I have to do that one. <laughs> like it's <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> like I yes. am not being right now. <laughs> I am being uh <laughs> resistant. <laughs> yes, you create resistance when you're like, I have to do that or yeah. I need to do that. Uh, and then you're like but I don't want to do that yeah just say you get to do it and it changes the whole outlook of that one task yeah just so you know there was a b word in there (laughs) thank you Uh, you know tally that one up oh no I have a tally in my phone I'm at like 45 dollars now uh, it's okay. You know, wealth <laughs> consciousness. <laughs> um, Most of them are those that B word. Yeah, the B word. I know. That's why I say however a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like one too I've been noticing. I'm like, okay, maybe I should like, because you know Kyle Aquino. Mm-hmm. He's another uh, one of our friends. Like he like, he's like, you say how, you, you know, you're really on that however. And then like he went into this other spiel about it. And then I was like, you know what? Like maybe I should just, instead of just like. Because it omits what you say initially. Right. And, and so, so even to, with how, like, even with however. It's it. Yeah. So I was talking to Justin about it, and he's like, just take that B word out of there and just make it a new sentence. Yeah. And so I have been attempting to do that. <laughs> <laughs> however, <laughs> results show that I have not been very successful. <laughs> <laughs> and even with, like... The word attempt, because I say attempt too. Yeah. And like, there's like, you know, honestly, there's like instances where it can be used. It's just like, do you want to like speak in that way? You know, it's just like, just mm-hmm. not being conscious. Yeah. And we are creatures of habit, you know, and then that consciousness is just bringing mm-hmm. more awareness. Yeah. So just being more aware, I think that's the practice of it. So mm-hmm. if you're implementing this practice, it's just the practice of being conscious awareness. of what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think in all the work that we do, awareness is the starting point of everything. Mm -hmm. And especially with what you're fearful of. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about the beingness then of like courage, like how, so taking, you know, people that using their fear, they have, or the same, they have this fear. People have this fear. Are they typically aware of this feel, fear, like, when you talk to them? Or is it something that, like, you have to, like, draw out? Or, um, yeah, is, it, is, is that, like, what the process so for that? So most of the time, so I have, I have a process to draw fears out of people. However, most of the time, people know what they're afraid of. They may not know how to verbalize it or how it manifests or be aware of it when they're standing in the face of fear because we operate. It's the way we operate in the world is like an iceberg. Mm -hmm. There's the 10% on top and then there's the 90% that's subconscious and like just autopilot. So when they're faced with fear and they're just letting the fear control them, that's all autopilot. It's not something that they necessarily are consciously making an empowered choice to step through it. So the work that I do, it's like, here are your fears. 
Let's look at where they came from, how they got created, where they started, how they got to, you got to where you are, and then let's look at how we can move forward from here, create new strategies in our life, and start making empowered choices. Mm. And it's in the recognizing and understanding where the, they come from. There's, I'm, I operate as a coach from a life coaching model. I don't call myself a life coach. However, there's the therapeutic model and then there's the life coaching model where the therapeutic model is like, let's look at everything in your past and that's why we can't move forward. And it's very past focused. And I feel like I can say this because I'm trained in, I have a bachelor's degree in social work or bachelor's degree in psychology and a master's degree in social work. So I'm very trained in the therapeutic model and I don't agree with it and I don't like it. And the life coaching model is okay. Here you are right now. Here's where you want to be. How do we fill this gap? And so the work I do is kind of more leans towards life coaching. However, it does have a little bit of the therapeutic model because we really do look at where were your fears established? How did your fears get created? Because your life experience, like, like I was saying before, like we could have the same fear, but the reason they manifest differently because our life experience is different. And so we learn our fears through our life experience and our fears start with our limiting beliefs and the things we believe about ourselves and the negative things that we believe about ourselves. And then that creates fear. And the more evidence we have to those limiting beliefs, the more fear we create. And when we're standing in the face of fear and we give in to fear, we're creating inaction and inaction creates inexperience and inexperience creates more fear. And so it's a cycle of just creating more and more fear until this point where most people I talk to are like, there's no way around this fear. I don't know that you can make me courageous or you'll help me get rid of this fear, which I don't get rid of any fears. However, I teach you tools to be able to create a healthier relationship with that fear. Yes. I feel like that Mm -hmm. is such an important thing to know is that fear is very important to have. Mm -hmm. Like fear is something that evolutionary wise, like is just brilliant for Mm -hmm. human beings to have. That's why we are so successful. Absolutely. And it's the, um, I love how you use it as like a, you give tools or like having a relationship with it. Mm -hmm. Cause I noticed on like my journey, especially too, is you like, I'm shit scared. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it's the butt pucker. That's however it's like when you're like scared and like, you know, you don't want to go past that. It's like past that breaking point and past that fear where the reward is. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it is like, I mean, this is why too I hire coaches. This is why mm-hmm. I do all the work that I do is because the fear can really just like pin you down. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that's why the work that you do is just so important. And then you do it on like a one-on-one basis typically. Typically I do it. Yeah. So I do... I call myself like a fear and courage expert, but my, like I go by the title speaker, author, coach. And so I speak on stages in front of, from five to 10 people to hundreds of people Mm -hmm. about creating a healthy relationship with fear. And I speak 
I do one-on-one coaching, and then I also wrote a book on creating a healthy relationship yeah, with which fear. which is a number one seller. It is a number one bestseller. <laughs> so uh, what is your book called? It's called Tell Fear You're the Boss, How to Push Through Fear and Be in Control of Living Your Dream Life. Mm-hmm. And then where, I mean, I'll, I'll provide a link down mm-hmm. below. However, where can people find it? You can find it on Amazon. You can also buy it on my website. However... You'll get it faster if you buy it through Amazon. Okay. Yeah. And if you know me in person or you ever see me somewhere and you have your book, I will be happy to sign it for you. Yeah. Number one seller right here. Yes. Boss babes. (laughs) Yes. That was probably one of my biggest accomplishments. I was just talking to someone about that the other day because I remember like as a little kid, like... Well, going even back further, like my dad, he wanted to be an author like that. He wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And my grandparents were like, you can be a doctor, a lawyer or an accountant. And my dad was the only one of his three, his two siblings and him who actually did that. And he went on to be a lawyer and he, he was a successful lawyer. However, he wasn't happy being a lawyer. And he just really wanted to be a writer and never got to do that. And like, I watched that in his life and I knew I, as a little kid, I remember thinking, I want to write a book. Like I want to, I want to write a book. And I was never a very good student in English. And I remember having a teacher who, um, she wrote on my paper one time, I had all these like sentence fragments because I didn't want to create a run-on sentence. And so she told me I had run-on a sentence phobia, which is not a thing, but like, that's what she called it. She's like, you're afraid of run-on sentences. And I'm like, okay. But then I like took that as evidence that I was a bad writer and I wasn't good at writing. And so I put that, like, I want to be a writer down Mm -hmm. to the bottom of my, what I could do or what was possible And so when I actually wrote the book and it became a bestseller, it was like a dream. Like I was reminded of a dream that I had when I was like five Mm -hmm. that I made come true, even though I don't know that anybody thought that it would, including myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, so like you just... You know, you're just doing the things that you want to do and that you, it's like your purpose, it's, you know, it's, you're certain on your purpose. Yes. And it's, you know, a lot of people don't have that. They don't have that certainty. And I want to talk a little bit more about your journey um, or why you chose to speak about fear and courage and like why that is purposeful for you? Like, how does it fulfill you? And like, where did it come from? Yeah. So my purpose is, and I actually, I have a coach and we worked on this a lot. My purpose is to help women find joy again in their life. And the reason why it's again is because as kids, we're always joyful. Like we're always finding joy. Like it's really easy. And as adults, it seems to be harder and harder to find joy. And 
I define the difference between joy and happiness as joy being internal. You're happy with yourself regardless of what's happening around you. And happiness is external. There needs to be something that triggers your happiness. (coughs) Excuse me. And the way I got here... Sorry, I feel like I like inhaled something. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The way I got here, it was a journey. I, yeah, a lot happened. I graduated from college. I took the traditional route. I got, I went to college. I got a master's degree because the world was telling me that if I didn't have a master's degree, I wouldn't be successful. I haven't really ever used my master's degree, so (laughs) that's really fun. Those student loans are fun, too. (laughs) That $90,000 in student loan debt is great. (laughs) Um, So I I got my master's degree, and I ended up... So my master's degree is in international social work with a focus in developmental disabilities and policy. So I wanted... My dream at the time in grad school was to work for the UN as an advocate, changing policies in third world countries around disability care and how individuals with disabilities were treated. (coughs) And I realized as I was getting closer and closer to graduation that I did not want to do that. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but that was not it. Yeah. And so I found a really good job making really good money and at the company that I had already been working for, they like created a position for me and I was doing event planning at for this company. Mm-hmm. And I love event planning. However, this was corporate event planning for one company and so I really just sat behind a desk and like made everything happen and I would make phone calls and book th- venues and like the coolest part of my job was that I got to leave and go see some venues sometimes. And that was it. Everything else was planned behind a computer or a phone. And I was absolutely miserable. And I in like oh, super long hours. Yeah. I would get to work at like <clears throat> no later than 8 a.m. And if I left before 9 p.m., that was a good day. And not only that, I took my computer home with me. I had a demanding boss who expected a lot and my phone was always on. So I would get 3 a.m. text messages or emails with the expectation that I was going to respond within a reasonable amount of time. (coughs) So it was really, yeah, it was a lot. I hated life. I hated my job. My idea of a good time at that point was getting together with my friends, drinking at least a bottle of wine each, and bitching about everything that was wrong in our life. It was not a good time in my life, and the only reason why I am sitting here with you and physically on this planet is because my brother asked me to go to a personal development training similar to PSI. Mm -hmm. He said, I never ask you to do anything, but I would like you to do this for me. 
And I was like, ooh. And I was like, I have a degree in psychology and social work. I don't need this. I'm just going for him. And then I got in the room and within probably five minutes, I knew that I was there for me and that if I wanted to live, that I needed to be there. And I met some really amazing people, like one of my best friends in the Psy world. I, well, two of my best friends, but like in that room that day, uh, my friend Justin, mm-hmm. I, I made friends with Justin and my life is very different because of that. And right after that, I got a phone call from someone I had met there and she was, she asked me to essentially quit my job and move from Chicago to California, take a 100% pay cut trust and start a nonprofit with her. And I was tired of playing small in my life. And I was tired of doing things that were safe. And I was tired of letting fear hold me back. And so I did it. And two weeks later, I moved from Chicago to California. And I started following my heart and doing things that mattered and that made sense without letting fear hold me back. And I don't, at that time... I didn't even know that this was where I would be sitting, that fear and courage expert would be my title. But that was the beginning of that journey to getting here. And so, uh, so why fear? So the first time in my life that I can really pinpoint that fear started taking over in my life and I started to play in this really small box of my life Mm -hmm. was the age of 12. I grew up as a competitive swimmer and until that point, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I would have told you that I wanted to be an Olympic swimmer and I was really good. However, I had coaches and not my parents, but other swimmers' parents and other swimmers telling me that that was an impossible dream, that less than 1% of swimmers actually go to the Olympics and I was never going to be one of them. And so after hearing, when I first heard that, I took it as a challenge Yeah, and because it was my first season and... I loved it, but I wasn't very good. And so the coaches were like, you're not, you, you're not very good. You're not going to go to the Olympics. So I took it as a challenge and I'm like, I'm going to be the best swimmer I can be. And the next season I made like the highest conference team. I was asked to, uh, try out for a tryout swim team that you had to be invited to try out for. I made that swim team. So like, and I was breaking records in my state at swimming. And so I was, I took it as a challenge. However, the more times I heard it, the more times I believed it. Mm -hmm. And at one point, like at 12, I realized that, or I believed I wasn't capable of doing it. And so I quit. And then everything in my life from that point had been this very calculated 
every decision I made was very calculated and fit in a very specific box that didn't allow for very much room for failure, for hurt, for pain, for anything. And I played this really small game from 12 to 26. And I was tired of living in fear in every aspect of my life. And so when I moved to California, I called that blowing up my life. And I lived in California for a year, started a nonprofit, and I still wasn't like I still wasn't happy. Yeah. And so that's when I started traveling, like really traveling. I had traveled before that, but that's when I really started traveling. And I decided to just throw fear away and that we talked to, you had mentioned like not having fear or doing away with fear and not using fear as your guiding force. Like that can create recklessness in your life. And yeah. I'll be really honest. Like I made some really reckless choices. Like I was like, I'm going to do this. Like, I want to do that. So I'm going to do it. Death is a possibility, but I'm still going to do it. And I'm really lucky that I didn't die (laughs) or worse things because death is not the worst thing that could happen to you. So I'm really lucky that that didn't happen, but I was kind of reckless when I was traveling and made some not so great choices but I got to learn from them. And then when I came back, I ended up moving here to Vegas to be closer to my best friends, which one of them is Justin. So met on that, the start of that journey along with his now wife, which is still really weird to say, (laughs) um, who has become my very best friend. Yeah. And she's my sister. And it. So I came back here and moved to Vegas because that's where it felt right to be at the time and got connected with some really amazing people and ended up at this women's retreat that happens every September in Zion. And I went to this workshop. It was called Courage Something. And the very first thing, well, I guess I need to back up a little because I had a mentor and I told her that I wanted to have a workshop Yeah. in like the sum, like probably a couple months before we went to the spark, the spark women's retreat. And she's like, okay, have a workshop. And I was like, but I don't even know what it's going to be on. And she's like, you can sell a workshop and not know what it's going to be. What are, what are your students going to get from this workshop? And I was like, well, they're going to get this, this, and this. And she's like, sell that. And I was like, Okay. So I did, I sold it to 10 women and I was terrified because I was like, these women are expecting something and I don't even know what I'm giving them. Yeah. And so I went on the retreat and I went to this courage workshop. And the first thing that this woman said was courage, C word, (laughs) be taught. (laughs) And so courage is unable to be taught. And I really don't know what she said after that because I literally mapped out in my mind how you teach someone how to be courageous. Okay. 
And on the car ride back from Zion to Vegas, I told my mentor, I was like, I figured it out. I know what I'm doing. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to teach people how to be courageous. And she's like, how the hell are you going to do that? And I was like, well, this is how. And I explained it to her and she was like, you're going to be a fear and courage expert. She's like, you're a courage coach. And I was like, I guess I am. Yeah. And so that's, that's how I got here. And when I put the pieces together in my life, it made sense. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm just going to like reiterate like a story, your story Mm -hmm. in a different way right now, because Mm -hmm. it's so important. It's like, you know, one, society always tells us to do this, 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 whatever. Other people, you know, you're always getting so much information. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like information overload into you. Yeah. And so it's like listening to that inner It's like being still and, like, at peace and, like, listening to your own voice and, like, trusting in your own voice. Mm-hmm. For one... Two is like so many pieces had to be put together, and the universe is just like here, 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 yeah. here. And there's just like different divine interventions that had to happen for you to like come at this point. However, mm-hmm. if you didn't trust yourself in order to do that, you know, mm-hmm. or ha- trust in your, say, your brother, you know, that, you know, something was gonna work out for you in a certain way, then without that trust, like you wouldn't be where you are. Mm-hmm. As, there's so many different pieces. However, it's yeah. like also listening to other people will make you miserable. It will yes. make you miserable. <laughs> and for people that you know are on their entrepreneurial journey or just their journey in life and you're looking for your purpose, you're looking for like some reason, like why am I here? Like you have to do trial and error. Mm-hmm. You have to like go out and do different things. Like I said, I'm gonna do a bunch of different things. <laughs> and like, did all of them pan out? No, <laughs> absolutely fucking not. And I'm pretty I sure lost for you followers too. because they're like, "What the hell is she doing?" Yeah. And then I have the tried and true ones who are like, "Okay, I see, I see how we got here." Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it's just like. It's like, you know, along the journey and just like when you just do these different things and you actually go out and like fail, it's failing. You have to fail, yep. you know, like fail forward that um, to where you will get. And I'm sure it's always evolving as like always. a business owner. Your business is always evolving. You're always evolving. Mm-hmm. And especially like that. And that's why I appreciate our group of people, because we evolve fast. Yes. Um. And that we're fast, we're just faster moving than say like the the norm. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest with you, yes. And so that's like just so important. And I, uh, I'm glad that I got to hear like the story all the way through because yeah. I feel like I've been hearing bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so I uh, am going to want I I want to wrap this up right now, okay. and I want um, the listeners and viewers on YouTube to uh, have an action step. So what is that next action step, Katie? (laughs) So I'm going to give your viewers a free call with me. If you want to talk about what you feel is holding you back or get more clear on what your fear is doing in your life, you can. I will give you a free 20-minute call. 
and you can book that. The link is in my link tree in my mm-hmm. um, Instagram. I was I'll like, what it. is that thing called? <laughs> so your and your Instagram is. My Instagram is at Katie Drasnan. It's going to be in the description as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then just for them to know that they came from the podcast, just say, Goddess Glow Podcast, right? Is that all they had to yeah. say? Okay. Yeah. I don't even think you have to say that. Oh, okay. I think I just set it up where it's, um, I don't even know what it says. It says call or schedule a call or something, but okay. you'll know when you click the, um, the link tree, which one is for a call. Okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, go schedule your call because you can use fear as your ally. Yes. And then you can be courageous. Fear is your ally. And courageous can be taught. Courage. Courage can, courage, <laughs> courage can be taught. I and experienced. <laughs> because I do it all the time. Yeah. All right, guys. So you heard the lady. And I will be uh, posting uh, another podcast within a few days. And yeah, I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.